Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have fun and meaningful conversations with all kinds of tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in and hope you're having a great day. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Have a look at our previous episodes. There have been a lot of great guests, and I'm sure you'll find plenty of inspiration to help you move your tango forward. My guest today has been dancing tango for well over two decades. In the 90s, he studied with the original cast members from Forever Tango and also worked with a number of other masters, including the great Carlos Gavito. Today, he's based in Connecticut, where he helped establish the Tango Sueño Academy. For over 12 years, he's been organizing classes and events in the Greenwich, New Haven, and Hartford metropolitan areas, among other places in Connecticut, and he also helps run the annual Connecticut Tango Festival. On top of that, he makes regular trips to Buenos Aires to further his tango dancing and teaching techniques. All right, and with me now is Jem Duras. Jem, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to be talking to you. Well, it's great to be here. It's great to be your guest, and I'm very excited to have our discussion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if I understand this correctly, Jim, you first fell in love with tango by after seeing the live show Forever Tango many, many years ago? Yeah, that was one of the big catalysts. Okay. Uh, and I was interested in the music of Piazzolla, but what happened was I was in San Francisco at the time. This is in 1990s. And Forever Tango show started to visit the city uh, in Christmas time, they would basically come like three, four months a year, uh, starting maybe October, November, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And they were very popular. So all the shows would be sold out. So they kept coming every year. Nice. In any case, um, that was one of the big inspirations for me to start dancing. Mm -hmm. And of course, the the big uh, famous character of the show was Carlos Gavito at that time. Yeah. And he was very inspiring. I mean, you know, it was great to see him on stage and he was basically making the show in some ways more special. Of course, the show had a lot of great dancers, but I don't want to say he was the only person who made the show special. But, mm. um, you know, it, it makes a difference to have a legendary person with charisma yeah. present at the, at the show, which um, makes it in a way different. Yeah. But anyway, that was the bottom line. So they, they came to San Francisco for many years, but what they would do after the show, they would go to milongas and all the cast members, they weren't, they didn't have an attitude. They would basically dance with the local people oh. uh, at the milongas, which is somewhat rare, I would say. I mean, nowadays, you know, uh, high level dancers sometimes don't want to mix with just social dancers. But mm. um, at, particularly at that time, and with Forever Tango, they would basically go to milongas and then just dance at the milongas with people. Um, and well, who knows, maybe that was a little bit of a publicity mm-hmm. effort, but it doesn't matter why. Yeah. Uh, it was great, though. Mm-hmm. So you go to Milonga's dance with these uh, people. So were you, and, were you already dancing tango at this point or no? I was dancing a little bit. I had taken a few classes from Nora. You know, Nora uh, still teaches in San Francisco. She was one of the oh, okay. pioneers in San Francisco, Nora Dinzel or Dinzelbacher. Mm. She is related to Los Dinzel, you know. I. Okay. She has a family connection, but I don't know the details of it. Okay. So I took a class from her, uh, sort of to understand the music and how Piazzolla works, but I had no clue, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I really liked just the dance itself. So I said, okay, let me just keep doing it, you know. <laughs> um, but she was the first inspiration for me. And then, um, of course, I was dancing a little bit. Then Forever Tango came and then I was like, okay, I started to take class from all of the cast members because they would uh, offer workshops like every all the time while they were there. Mm -hmm. Uh, nice. um, and Carlos Gavito was the, you know, he gave more workshops because he was more popular and his was more attended, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to tell, it, it was very inspiring. I mean, aside, you know, I don't specifically remember any steps I learned or anything like that, mm -hmm. but uh, he was, he would talk a lot, but he would talk about the feeling and spirit of tango and he was exceptionally inspiring and mm -hmm. that's very hard to come by. Yeah. And I think that's probably why a lot of people continue to dance tango, just um, uh, watching him and hearing him teach mm -hmm. was an inspiration to continue. So, yeah. And um, those were great. Those were legendary. I think there are some excerpts of those that on YouTube I saw, I, I saw several times, like someone recorded it and then put it up or something from many years ago. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I like what you said about, uh, you know, it's not really the steps you remember. It's more about the spirit and then the, the feelings they convey. And that's so important with this dance because a lot of times we, if we just focus only on steps, it's going to get really frustrating. It's, we're we're going to, yeah, you're going to miss the point. Yeah, yes, it. that happens. That happens. Y you know, I mean, learning tango is complicated because, I, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's a difficult dance to dance. It is difficult technically and of course spiritually too, but you know, to, to, to put the expression in, one needs to have some amount of technique and control of the body also, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes high level dancers or professionals give a workshop and then um, you think, okay, I'll just do that. But there's lots of background work involved to get to that point. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot, of, uh, a lot of the good dancers did some kind of physical training before going into implementing tango steps. I mean, some people do ballet, mm -hmm. although I don't think that's necessarily uh, the best way of getting to it. Some people do, I don't know, sometimes I get an ice skater student mm -hmm. and they have great balance and already they have great control, you know. So what, what I'm trying to say is to put the feeling into the dance, it's important to have somebody control. And, but it has to be there, you know, it's, it's not sports. It's not like we just do some tango steps and that's mm -hmm. it. it it shouldn't be that way right it, otherwise it would be sports you know it's like whoever can do it faster or whoever can do a higher lift or whatnot you know is is not the point it's, right. it's more like we just want to feel it and mm -hmm. and you can always see it in competitions and stuff you know sometimes you see someone technically amazing but they don't win but there's no feeling to it you see yeah. what i mean yeah um but you know that's uh, as as you said, I agree. It's the, the the thing that has to be there is the feeling and the passion on passion of tango. Mm -hmm. um, but to reach that goal, it takes quite some work, which is sometimes frustrating because a total beginner student will need to like do quite some body work, which they don't realize at first mm -hmm. uh, to reach to that point. Yeah, you know, that, like some interesting stories with Nora, for example. When I was a total total beginner, yeah, you know, she would teach easy stuff and then. All of a sudden, she would throw in like a combination of ganchos and patadas or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. I really want to do that. Uh, you know, people have different um, 
desires for tango. But when you, when I see that, I personally like, okay, I really want to do that. But then you realize, you know, how much time goes into practicing mm -hmm. that and how much time you need to spend for balance, improving posture and improving mm -hmm. core strength and things like that. Yeah. But it's an inspiration, you know. I mean, I give credit to her because I don't know, maybe I wouldn't continue if we did walks for a year. You see what I mean? Right. That's the that's the legend. You study walks for a year and then you mm -hmm. do steps. Mm -hmm. You know, it sort of goes together. It's important to keep the ex excitement in the classroom mm -hmm. and then in the long run, gradually improve yeah. uh, what we are doing. That's at least my approach. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's, it's really difficult to learn tango and do it mm -hmm. in a high quality way. Mm -hmm. And that might be sometimes frustrating to some students because right. I mean, reasonably and rightly so, they sometimes want a quick result so that they can go out dancing and they can yeah. feel it and they can have friends and things like that. But mm -hmm. anyway, it is what it is. Yeah, way. yeah. I mean, one, one little insight I remember gaining, I used to live in New York and uh, when uh, I had a friend who did tango, he's been doing it for a long time and he just moved so smoothly. And I asked him, like, what's the technique for moving so smoothly. And he said, it's not just the, the physical technique, it's the weight of everything that I've been doing for the last 10 years. You know, I've, you know, been rejected. I've been, you know, you know, working on this. And then, you know, there was the heartbreak and other things that were going on in my life at the time. And that's what you're seeing. You're not just seeing the walk, you're seeing everything. You're seeing my history for the last few years. And then it's like, oh, okay, that's, that was, one of my first clues that this is more than just a physical physical yes thing. i totally agree with that it, it's i i sometimes call that tango maturity in the sense of you know the experiences that you have add up and mm -hmm. just like you say all the things uh, you mentioned and that makes people more aware of doing things i mean let's say you know when i start to try to do those patas and stuff then you start realizing okay if you want to do this well, you need to improve your posture. And if mm -hmm. you want to do this well, you'd better do some squats and go to the gym a little bit. See what I mean? We, we sit, you know, to be honest, uh, I sometimes think in the U.S. we sit too much. Um, mm -hmm. Like, first, we are in cars all the time. Yeah. And, and then a lot of people sit in offices in front of a computer. Mm -hmm. And then we need to negate that. So if you compare it to somebody in Buenos Aires, I mean, they walk all the time. Mm -hmm. And they take the subway or public transport, so go up and down stairs all the time like you get some workout mm -hmm. um, a lot of um, people play soccer you know uh, I have some of course Argentine uh, dancer friends mm -hmm. and after the shows once they invited me you know the sh tango dinner shows uh, the performance starts around 10 p.m. in Buenos Aires at least before pandemic it was mm -hmm. um, and then it ends like midnight and then they invited me okay now we are gonna go play soccer so all the guys from the show <laughs> <laughs> go to this field at 2 a.m. like we are playing soccer at 2 a.m. Nice. Uh, but, but then, you know, I did that and I realized, you know, this really hurts all my leg muscles here. You, you know, no wonder um, mm -hmm. they have good control when they dance tango because, you know, whenever you do these boleros and ganchos and stuff, it provides good stability, you know. Yeah. So it's all an accumulation. Mm -hmm. um, so in any case, it, like you said, all those experiences of the past mm -hmm. create motivation to do more for the future. Yeah. And, you know, it, it includes the heartbreaks or rejections. Like you dance, okay, mm -hmm. they didn't like it. Then you want to get better, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the important part is not to get, you know, I mean, some people give up, but 
the important part is to see this as a process that is mm -hmm. a long-term project. Yeah. And, and I, I always found every bit of it rewarding, actually, you know, including mm -hmm. uh, all the challenges. So nice. Yeah. So before you became involved in tango, did you have any interest in dancing or was dance any a part of your life at all? Um, not that much, except I was born in Turkey, basically. Mm -hmm. So when I was a child, we would do Turkish folk dancing. And mm -hmm. I was um, I actually did quite some of that. I was performing with a group. Uh, Turkish folk dancing, you know, there are different types, but some of it looks like Irish dance. Okay. Um, so you, you have partners and you, you line up and then you are arm to arm and you do a lot of jumping and super fast footwork. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't want to make conclusions as to what, whether that helped or not, but um, <laughs> that was the <clears throat> main thing I did as a child. And I, I actually truly enjoyed that. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, any activity you did in the past is, is helpful. And then uh, once I started as tango, I took some ballet classes actually in Buenos okay. Aires. There was a really good instructor who, who was a ballet dancer, but he was adapting it to tango and he was um, combining it. And that was fantastic because, you know, the ballet technique is actually sort of, it, it is good in many ways, but there are some things in it which are totally against tango technique, mm -hmm. uh, where the weight is distributed and uh, how the posture works and things like that. So it's good to, work with somebody who actually does it for the purpose of tango. So that's what, it, what I did uh, for some years. Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, you know, I, before I started to dance tango formally, I wasn't dancing in that mm -hmm. regard, except when I was a child. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So uh, early in your tango journey, uh, we kind of touched upon a little bit of this in terms of people's, you know, the, the weight of their personal histories in, in the dance. Uh, but what were some really important lessons you learned early on or uh, important advice that you received early on that you still carry with you today? I think the spiritual uh, feeling that Carlos Gavito brought in always stayed with me. I. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything else was a little more, you know, tango is very personal, so it's hard to, like, I wouldn't give a specific advice to my students as to what to do with tango, because everyone has a different motivation or a goal. Like, you know, some people like stage tango, so they just want to do tango, and then they just want to perform, which is totally fine. Mm -hmm. Some people only want to go to milongas and do simple stuff, and actually a lot of people in Buenos Aires, mm -hmm. and that's totally fine. Some people try to find a girlfriend or a boyfriend in tango. That's totally fine. You know, I, I mean, it's a good way of, um, you know, meeting people. Mm -hmm. what, what I'm trying to say is everyone has a different motivation. So I personally don't try to give a grandiose advice to anyone because mm -hmm. it, it's very personal. I say, okay, look, this is just dancing. And then once you learn it, whatever you want to do with it is, is your choice. But for me, what stayed with me was more Gavito's um, spiritual um, talk about tango, which, you know, it was more about, you need to think about your partner. You need to make your partner look good. Mm -hmm. um, he was, he really made the point of saying that the man has to make the woman look good mm -hmm. while dancing tango. And that must be an important priority. And um, like that stayed with me all along. And 
um, and he was always talking about the feeling which goes with the musicality. So in some ways, you cannot uh, forget that this is an art form. It's not just like I said, it's not sports. So whenever you are dancing, you cannot forget that you are creating art in a way and performance, not sports. So you cannot just go, you know, without thinking about it. It also goes with the followers. Sometimes the followers think, okay, I'll just follow the leader and I'll be musical, but it's not so. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, usually followers learn faster. They start dancing and then, um, but the musicality is in the followers leg and uh, free leg and the steps as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell that to my students, you know, in a way, whatever you do with your free leg is, is your expression because you know, as long as you follow the patterns, that's fine from the leader's point of view. But uh, so that was another inspiration I got from Gavito about thinking about the music and realize that it, it really has to go with the music the right way mm-hmm. if it's going to be a good tango. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it creates special moments for both parties. Yeah, it's somewhat rare, but it can happen, and it does. Uh, mm-hmm. But music is a big part of it. If you ignore the music, it doesn't. You know, right. Um, and it depends on the orchestra. I mean, sometimes some orchestra resonates mm-hmm. more than others. So then you have a better feel for it, which right. is totally fine. Right. So I think those were the indirect advices I got from him, I would say. The, mm-hmm. the making your partner look good, which is, a, which, is a, which is one of the priorities. Mm-hmm. And really always keeping the musicality of the dance in your mind while, uh, for both leaders and followers mm-hmm. while dancing tango. Yeah. Yeah, that priority to your partner as a leader, that's so important. I remember when I was first starting out, I was so in my own head. I was always worried about what other people were thinking of me. It's like, okay, but then it's, no, you have to really focus on your partner, make your partner look good. And yeah, I think there's this old saying, you know, people won't remember what you did, they'll remember how you made them feel. And I think that's that's so true. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's true, yeah. yeah. What were some mistakes you had made early in your career or early in your dance adventure and then how did you um, overcome them um i wouldn't say mistakes but i was mm. a little unaware um like one of my, a lot of my students you know um <laughs> like sometimes you think something is easy and you just want to do it mm. and again i'll come back to nora's patada example you know i'm, I'm trying these steps and i i have this after a while, I was more or less doing it, you know, then I have the attitude that, okay, I'm doing it, like, that's fine. But mm-hmm. sort of I wasn't. <laughs> um, it's a little bit, I think it's, it's difficult to look at yourself from outside mm-hmm. in the sense that uh, this happens to a lot of dancers. They, it, maybe it's human nature, I'm not sure, but you, you start dancing and then all of a sudden, um, you get to the point where like, okay, like I, I'm doing this well and it's working. Then you st- if, so- if it doesn't work, you blame the other party. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. I went through that for a while, but um, then I start to go to Buenos Aires a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I got my lesson over there, you know, like you need to reflect yourself. I mean, you know, there, this is like a gradual progress. So in a way, nobody's perfect. So if something doesn't work, focus on yourself to, um, to, to improve yourself so mm. that whatever the reason is, it, it gets better. Yeah. And I think that's one thing uh, that I learned early on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
at first being unaware. And I see all my students go through the same thing. It, 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 I think it must be human nature. You know, mm -hmm. um, I sometimes say people go through tango phases. Like at the first phase, like you're eager to learn and start learning. Okay. Once you start dancing for a while, it becomes like, okay, I know better now. Like then that person starts to tell things to the partner and stuff <laughs> like that. And then after a while, that phase disappears. And then you realize, well, I'm good, but it can still improve, you know, then you start starting mm -hmm. to practice super elegant walks. Mm -hmm. And that's the, you, know, <laughs> you get back to practicing the walks after mm -hmm. you become advanced, you know. Um, so yeah, I think that was my biggest thing. So when I realized that um, I did lots and lots of classes in Buenos Aires for a while, mm -hmm. um, really good group classes with Francisco, uh, for Kara and his partner at the time, Carolina, was uh, was really good. And then I did a lot of privates with Jesus Velasquez. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, each instructor is different for what uh, they are teaching. So this pair worked perfectly for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was my basically formation, you know. So, um, but then I, I realized you need to improve your own body if you want to make your partner look good. Yeah you know, improve your body. I mean, as I said, we have all, you know, we sit too much in, in, in this country where either inside the car or in an office yeah. or wherever. Um, and we need to negate that. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and then, you know, then I start to go to the gym much more and do, you know, speci specific things to, mm -hmm. to address tongue related issues and, and so on. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think that's, the way I would put it okay. as an answer to your question. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Yeah. So I want to switch gears a little bit to, to teaching. So now, you know, some people really get into tango, but you took the extra step of becoming a teacher. So how did that come about? Um, well, the thing is, I danced in tango socials for about eight years or so without even have any intention or whatsoever of teaching it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, in San Francisco, there was so much going on. I, um, I basically went to Milongas, you know, multiple nights a week, probably five, six nights a week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but then at some point, um, <clears throat> I moved to Connecticut and mm -hmm. after moving here, um, there was, you know, there were some tango activities going on, but there wasn't, you know, too much. So, um, with my partner at the time with whom I still collaborate with, uh, Dale Ellison, we went to an art center and we said, okay, we want to teach tango here. Uh, you know, not much going on. Why not? We'll just mm -hmm. take some beginners and then. So it started like that. And then at, at first, you know, it was very difficult to teach it. it, it teaching is basically experience related. You yeah. just need to build up the experience. If sometimes people think even if they, you, you do something well, it doesn't mean you can teach it well. Right. So teaching to me is basically long term experience. Mm -hmm. And we started with that and then the community starts to grow. Uh, then um, after a while, I thought about increasing the hours and the studio. So I basically don't own a studio. Mm -hmm. What I do is I basically rent space from various studios and, um, 
at that time, this is in early 2000s, I was walking to a studio and I said, okay, can I teach tango here? And they say, oh yeah, like, great, we want, <laughs> there's some interest. <laughs> nice. And then the next day, someone calls me from another studio and then they say, well, do you teach tango? Like, can you teach us tango? Okay, I, I'll go there. So before pandemic, you know, I was teaching six nights a week somewhere in nice. Connecticut, in different places. Mm -hmm. And that was a overwhelming, but that's how it developed. It gradually increased. And with that, my experience level increased as well. Mm -hmm. So it, that makes a big difference. You know, at the beginning, there are things that I was saying to students that I would never say today <laughs> um, <laughs> because I realized how confusing they were. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I went through the same thing, like, you know, when I was first learning, I would go to a class and someone says something and I go to another class, someone else says totally the opposite. Mm -hmm. And then what does this mean? You know, it takes a long time to sort it out. Mm -hmm. um, but what I realized for tango especially is very important to realize is everything is context dependent. Mm -hmm. What I mean is you take a class from somebody who is talking about Milonguero style and only staying close and chest to chest and mm -hmm. doing some steps like that. So if they are giving you some advice as to do this to that, you need to realize it is for that situation. Mm -hmm. and, and then people get excited about uh, stage tango things and ganchos and kicks and stuff like that. And they take a class from a stage tango instructor mm -hmm. and then they show something and they say, do this to that. And then the student says, yeah, but the previous teacher didn't say that. Like, mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. You really have to know what does this apply to. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, for example, I get students who followers, especially try to stay on the on their toes all the time, and I say, okay, you know, if you are dancing close embrace milonguero style and you want to be social dancing all the time, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But it is not okay if you are trying to do stage tango things. You need to use your heel the right way, mm. and they, sometimes they sound surprised. But the problem is, you know, they want to do those things. They want to do, they want to go to the next level, let's say, right? They dance socially and then they want to do a performance and things yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great. But then now you need to focus on your axes and how you hold yourself and, and you can't rely on the partner as much. And, mm -hmm. you know, you need to know how to use your heels, how to step longer and achieve those things. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, from a teaching point of view, I think Technically, the most important thing for students to realize, mm -hmm. especially if they are studying with different people, um, if, if you hear some advice from someone and it negates someone else, try to, try to figure out what does it apply to. Like, does it apply to social close embrace dance or it applies to uh, something else? Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> But teaching to me is basically experience, long-term experience. Yeah. You know, sometimes I see some people starting to learn tango for a few years. They try to teach and I say, okay, good luck. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> That's going to last very long. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but anyway. Yeah, I like the how it sort of organically happens. You know, someone asks you, can you teach me? And then, okay. And then, or sometimes it starts off with showing somebody at a practica and then, uh, yeah, then it, it kind of grows from there. And yeah, like you said, how, how the experience of teaching, you know, sometimes when you correct students, I, I, this happened to me, maybe it happened to you. When you see something that a student is doing incorrectly, then I'll think to myself, Am I, do I do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it really, it really makes me uh, kind of 
really pay attention to what I'm to what I'm doing. So like you said, when it really improves you as a dancer, it's totally it totally true because it kind of forces you to be really accountable for uh, yes, you know, definitely technique. Yeah, I mean, even even um, like teaching privates or something. You know, when I teach privates, uh, mm-hmm. I don't tell it to my students, but you know, I'm teaching them stuff. But I'm always telling myself, okay, am I doing my part correctly? See what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Be- because you can't you can't you can't be objective if if you're not sure about yourself. So mm-hmm. before I say anything to my student, I ask myself, okay, did I do that right <laughs> myself? And that's important to self reflect a little bit because. Uh, it takes it, it some responsibility, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to to guide a student to do to learn tango for which is gonna be their life for a long time, mm-hmm. probably all their life, and you want to give the right advice. But you know, it's always it's sometimes better than not doing it. You inspire a lot of people to start dancing too. Yeah. So I actually encourage if someone you know is willing to teach um, to inspire people to dance, that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. And in the long run, you know, maybe they will love tango and then they will continue and um, <clears throat> become better at it. Yeah. Nice. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of want to switch back to your own learning experiences. So you've studied with with Carlos Gavito, with a number of, of other different teachers. Have you uh, ever attended a class or had a lesson where uh, perhaps the teaching style or the, the content that was that you were learning, how it, did it uh, did it have like a real? Um, did you ever get really surprised or really like, wow, I never I never thought of it. These really kind of a uh, um, moments that that really alter your your thinking or, or perception. Um, yeah, those things happen. I I mean, aside from my main uh, mentors, mm-hmm. I, you know, whenever I long time ago, whenever I would go to Buenos Aires, I would just go to all these group classes just to check them out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's always something interesting to observe. Yeah. Uh, Even if, even if it's not necessarily for my dancing, it is good for how to teach also. Um, So yeah, I did lots of these. And I mean, you know, a few times I was like, um, you know, (laughs) Even in Buenos Aires, there are so many teachers. Like, mm-hmm. you need to you need to sort of build a, um, you need to sort of observe and decide. But uh, you know, um, <clears throat> but there was such a big variety of how people were explaining things. Yeah. And and again, I'll come back to the context. I mean, when someone explains something in tango, it's very important to know what the, what is the situation it applies to. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it is in in Argentina, especially when they, this is more the older generations, but when they see a foreigner come in, they immediately assume, oh, okay, you guys are going to go social dance. So this is what you do in a milonga and this is how mm-hmm. you step and stuff like that. And I sometimes found that a little prejudicial in the sense that, okay, look, I want to do more complicated stuff, you know, mm-hmm. show me the, show me all of it. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I avoided a lot of instructors for that because... Okay. You know, I walk into a place and the only thing they are talking is how you dance in a milonga. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tango is more than that. At least for me, I, I perform, you know, I want to do stage tango things. Yeah. Not necessarily, you know, in that class, but at least it could be better if they talk about the technique a little more mm-hmm. as to 
how to do what was described because you know I, I mean in Buenos Aires traditionally speaking there are a lot of people who go to milongas just to just for social dance and not to really get much better at tango mm -hmm. I mean that's totally fine too there are um, locals who dance for like 20 30 years and they do the same patterns simpler relatively simple and they don't dance all night I mean they go to dinner socialize with family or yeah. friends they do a few dances and they go home and that's their goal mm -hmm. and that's totally fine but that's not everybody's goal so and especially um, like US or you know around the world people want to do more like several years you know the world champions were not Argentines I mean there was a Japanese couple some years ago mm -hmm. and then um, Russian couple a few years ago mm -hmm. so what I'm saying is the, the whole world want to do more but anyway mm -hmm. uh, that's what I found in Buenos Aires like especially older generation instructors like when you want to do a class the first thing they were talking about what you will do at, when you go to a social dance mm. um, now the younger generation is not like that they are changing a little bit because they are sort of organizing the classes as okay this is a stage tango class this is a uh, you know advanced class they do more complicated stuff and they also emphasize the technical and body control aspect of it instead of just feel it just go with the music I mean mm -hmm. that inspiration only comes from Gavito it doesn't work if someone else says it really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so if you ask me you know mm -hmm. if, if you say yeah just feel the music just move it's sort of um, just walk like it's sort of not gonna work if mm -hmm. someone is struggling with balance and things yeah. like that mm -hmm. so uh, but that's what I found um, partly annoying for a while but mm -hmm. you know again it's important to check out different people how they are teaching and yeah um, but yeah I did those to to really understand what people were doing and you know and it ranged from Chicho like I did a few classes with Chicho mm -hmm. happened to be there um, or to range from like Milonguero style you know mm -hmm. Ana Maria Shapiro for example she's the, you know non-expert for that Okay. Uh, there's a big variety. At least there was before pandemic. It will it will come back. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So it's great that you've also explored uh, the performance aspect of, of tango. So uh, I've talked about this with other guests, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well. I mean, uh, performance is something that I think it's a great way for students to really improve, and it's also kind of gives you a very specific goal in mind, and that can be very helpful for, for your dancing. So when it comes to, to performing, let's say, um, maybe not necessarily a stage performance, but, you know, a performance at a milonga, you know, how when everyone kind of quiets down and then there's performance, or perhaps at a showcase. Um, so what are some things for students, just maybe some basics to keep in mind uh, the difference between dancing socially and also maybe dancing the social steps in a performance context. Um, I guess I guess the biggest difference is the use of the space. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, I mean, in a performance, there's all the floor, and one can do many more things mm -hmm. in a more traveling manner, um, and. In a social dance, you cannot travel that much. I find that confusion quite a bit pre prevalent. Mm -hmm. Someone walks in uh, and, and, you know, they try to do walks in a milonga, mm -hmm. like just walk. Yeah. Yes, but if you're in a crowd milonga in Buenos Aires, you're not doing walks. You're doing turns. Mm 
Mm. Nobody, nobody can take two steps ahead in a crowded milonga in Buenos Aires, mm -hmm. and nobody does. You, you know, you have to keep turning. Um, that's why, actually, when I gear some classes for social dance, which I sometimes do, uh, especially um, we have a group trip to Buenos Aires every year, so right sort of soon before that, I focus on turns. Mm -hmm. Because you have to turn. I mean, nobody moves in a crowd milonga in Buenos Aires. Everybody's in their place. So you have your circle and you dance inside that circle. So you need to keep turning left, turn right, you know, stay where you are and mm -hmm. things like that. But in a performance, um, you can do turning walks. You can do walks with super large, elegant steps. And, and then, of course, all the fancy stuff, ganchos and whatnot, you know, mm -hmm. which are sometimes a no-no in a milonga in Buenos Aires. But yeah. I think that's changing too. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the big, biggest difference for students to realize. Like what you see in a performance may not be what you will do in a social dance because of especially space requirements mm -hmm. and line of dance. I mean, you need to go line of dance, uh, respect other people's space in a crowded area. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's okay to perform, but don't do those things in a crowded space, which is not going to be respectful. And right. it's, it might hurt someone literally too. Yeah. And it's not going to work. Um, <clears throat> I think that's the biggest thing to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember there was a sign in uh, Malanga I once gone to in New York. It's the Malanga is no longer there, unfortunately. But there was a sign that said, keep your boleos low. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so, okay, that's a good yeah. advice. Before they had that sign, people were leaving. Everyone's wearing black, but you could see like dusty footprints on everybody's legs or... <laughs> so finally they put up that sign because people kept getting kicked it's like keep your belay yeah it depends on the i mean it depends on you know each each city and each region have their mm -hmm. um sort of a little bit of a tango dialect let's say <laughs> yeah you see what i mean mm -hmm. you can actually observe it if you if you go mm -hmm. to a place and look what steps people are using how they are doing it you can see a difference mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I could see that. And New York has more crowded milongas. I mean, in Connecticut, you know, the community is much smaller. So if yeah. there's a milonga here, mm -hmm. there's much more space to do things. And mm -hmm. although I don't discourage anything, I tell people, you know, make sure you, you, you do, you respect other people's space. Yeah. I mean, if there's more space, that's fine. But mm -hmm. uh, be careful about it. Yeah. So I, I'm not surprised that yeah. <laughs> that would be the case. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so in terms of choreography, when you're we're helping students work out a performance, uh, do you maybe choreograph something that, that's very detailed or do you do kind of a, you know, sort of a, a loose structure and let your students fill in the blanks? How, how do you approach choreography? Um, it, it, it depends. It depends. Um, I, I'm offering a choreography class. Mm. So for the purpose of this class, um, I design a choreography um, where it is just beginning to the end. It's all choreographed. Mm. But I, I keep reminding the students that even though it's choreographed, you need, to you need to keep in mind the lead and follow aspect of it. Otherwise, it will cause unstable situations. Like, you know, if, if, if the follower does something early, it might uh, create um, instability, for example. Mm -hmm or it doesn't look that good it's the same with the leader you just mm -hmm. need to still lead you cannot just expect your partner to and mm -hmm. with some exceptions of like 100 percent choreograph choreographed moments where both parties need to remember their parts you know yeah. I and mean, that happens too 
but I, I designed this with, uh, you know, I uh, work it out with some of my uh, private students who are uh, really at a high level. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and then in the choreography class, I basically teach it uh, as a sequence, um, beginning to the end. Now, I also do this in privates when, when my student gets at a good level, if they want to perform, I say, okay, let's, let's make a routine. Mm -hmm. And that a little bit depends on the student. Sometimes I say, okay, let's make it sort of roughly precise in the sense that let, we'll use these steps, mm -hmm. but we are not gonna adapt it to beat by beat sequence. Mm -hmm. So that works out if, if, if the students is, is a, at a good level, you know, uh, it will work out. Um, or with some students who, who really want to go into more complicated patterns and say, okay, we choreograph beat by beat mm -hmm. where we always do exact same sequence. It, it a little bit depends on the goal. Yeah. Um, you know, some people who work with a given partner for a long time can achieve like amazing improvisations mm -hmm. which look choreographed. I mean, Chicho did that for many years with Juana, you yeah. know, um, and, and you see that, I mean, that's, but they do, you know, it, it, although one can do many different things with different partners, mm -hmm. there's something with staying with the same partner for a while that creates, um, a, a little more of a connection for performances mm -hmm. and that, that shows sometimes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's, that's how I approach it in, okay. in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. It's always an interesting subject. I mean, like we talked about dancing skills, teaching skills, and now, you know, choreography seems to be another, um, another aspect that, uh, you know, to, to learn and to add into that. Equation. Well, people like doing it, you know, I, mm -hmm. I mean, um, I, I think in the U S we are more in a way ambitious, which I actually, I mean, in a, in a good way, mm -hmm. um, it's it's more there's more personal motivation individual individual efforts and bigger attempts to achieve bigger goals i mean that has been american spirit which yeah. <laughs> which is Absolutely. which is the in a way the mm -hmm. special nature of this country in a mm -hmm. in a in a in a more broader sense so i think most people in the us don't want to be like uh, in buenos aires dancing social for 30 years doing the same step mm -hmm. and 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 which is totally fine i mean a lot of my students want to do more and um not everyone but a lot of them yeah and and i encourage that and choreography is part of that and one thing about this is from a leader's point of view it creates um because they need to memorize the, the patterns mm -hmm. in a in a really clear way i think it's an important skill whether someone dances socially or yeah or for a performance mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes I have, uh, I have ladies who want to lead. I, I encourage mm -hmm. that. Yes. Yeah. And then they realize, oh, <laughs> it's not that easy to, <laughs> to, to remember all these patterns, but they get really good at it. Yeah. And vice versa. Sometimes the guys get really confused and ironically, the followers know what it's supposed to be. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I say, you know, usually they figure out faster than the leaders, you know? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but Anyway, it, it is, it's a good training thing, regardless of the end result yeah. that, that needs to be achieved. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I think it creates some brain connections if you're trying to memorize the sequence, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it gets easier after a while. Mm -hmm. At first, it's very overwhelming, but mm -hmm. 
uh, it's a good thing. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So Jim, with all of your experience with as a student and you're still learning, of course, and as a teacher and have you know, started this wonderful Tango Sueño Academy, you've been at it for over over a decade. Um, what are some important lessons you've learned from your own students over the years? One big one is don't underestimate them in the sense of what they want to learn. Mm -hmm. Initially, this was a little bit influenced from Buenos Aires. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I was saying, okay, I want to learn more complicated stuff, but they won't show it to you. Mm -hmm. Let's say I go to a class in Buenos Aires, I want to learn Enrosque, right? Mm -hmm. But they always are like, you'll dance in social, so why do you need to do that? You see, you see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I had that a little bit here at the beginning, not mm -hmm. for very long um, in the US. And they would ask something, I said, you know, that's really difficult. I mean, are you sure, you know, just mm -hmm. let's go with the simple stuff first. Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, we come back to the American spirit. Here, here it's different. Here, if someone wants to do something, they, they will do it. Mm -hmm. And at least they will put time for it. So here, you know, if I have a student who at first I think, you know, oh, you cannot do an Enros, okay? But then they ask for it. I say, okay, we'll work at it. Mm -hmm. And then they do it, you know? Yeah. Okay, they do it in a pretty good way, but maybe not like a, you know, world champion, but who cares? You see mm -hmm. what I mean? It, it is all the enjoyment. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so we just do it. So that's one thing I learned. Never, never underestimate. If they are asking something, I give a chance. I give several yeah. chances to, mm -hmm. to make it happen. And never underestimate them as to like they can't do it. Mm -hmm. I actually saw amazing things with many of my students. They, they can pretty much do anything if they put the time to it. Yeah. You know, regardless of experience, age, whatnot, everything. So I don't treat any of my students like we shouldn't do that. Right. I basically push them until they say, no, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Not the other way around. Right, right. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had students who you thought were going to quit, but then actually ended up staying with you for, for a while? Yeah, I had, I had some, <laughs> yes. I Actually, some of our, you know, uh, our group had, I mean, I had few students who had so much trouble. I said, you know, that trouble won't last more mm -hmm. than a few, a few months, you know. But like they stayed for like 15, 16, they are still together with, with us, you that's know, great. With, with our group. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's nice to see. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I never underestimate, you know, you might see someone really struggling, but mm -hmm. it, it's all about the willpower. If they put the time into it, if they like it, they will overcome the troubles. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they will enjoy all the things we do. You know, they go to socials, maybe they join the choreography group or mm -hmm. they do things. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah i think that's the biggest thing i learned about yeah definitely don't underestimate yeah I, i've had those similar experiences where uh i thought there were some students who i who i was convinced did not like me and i thought they were going to quit but they stayed with it and then i'm starting to question my ability to read people and said oh okay you know i'm gonna not take bets on who's gonna stay <laughs> so, yeah yeah good good all right so jim this has been a lot of fun uh so uh, when's your so you said you are um, you, you plan tours to, to Buenos Aires. Uh, when will you be continuing that, or have you started continuing that? Um, what happened was, of course, during the pandemic, this got right. interrupted. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but what we have been doing, um, 
with we have a collaboration with Dale Ellison who teaches in South Carolina. Nice. So um, she brings some some of her students from there, and I bring some of my students. Not only our students, but people from the community. Mm-hmm. And we joined the groups, and people really like that. So um, we we'll continue that in February because mm-hmm. um, normally we do this in November. Okay. But we couldn't do the last two Novembers. Yeah. So. Uh, I think it will be nice and, and people really like it and um, I go to Buenos Aires multiple times so I check out all the venues and restaurants and mm-hmm. other things so we'll do that this February instead of this November actually okay and things are opening up in Buenos Aires so milongas are opening up the case numbers are very low good um, you know I think they are getting to a much better place for the in regards to the pandemic so it makes it possible to Great. continue yeah that's always always fun you know mm-hmm. um that's another reason i i sort of uh, check out some of the classes to see what people are doing mm-hmm. um and and i know a lot of local dancers um, who dance at shows or who travel internationally so mm-hmm. you know, we we take the students to the to those people yeah nice yeah so yeah it's always exciting to do that mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. You're 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 checking out all these classes. Just just uh, for your own dancing, Jim. Uh, what are some new things, or what are some um, yeah new things that you're trying to to just start? Uh, well, at, at some point, there's not you know I I mean I've been dancing tango 25 years, so right. there's sort of not like much anything new that I hear. You see, so mm-hmm. uh, for me, I just need to improve my body in the sense of um, I I mean. For my own improvement, I actually that that's a little bit different than my own improvement. I, I basically go to the gym a lot, and I'm doing yeah. um, some specific things. I'm into running, actually. Ah. Uh, I'm into speed running, and I realize that's very helpful for tango because the 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 work that I put into it with the, with my personal trainer is totally applies to tango. And I even mm. show some of those exercises to my students as tango exercises. Okay. Uh, for faster feet and things like that. But I mean, after a while, there's not much new you're going to hear in mm-hmm. the sense that, like me, who have been dancing 25 years, I, I, I haven't been learning for myself in that regard for the last five to 10 years or so, mm-hmm. you know. But, but as I said, I, I check out the classes to see what people are doing. Yeah. But uh, for myself, what I do is actually I do some acrobatics now. Okay. You know, the more you do, the more stuff you sort of like, okay, what else can I do? Right. So yeah. at some point, um, some 10 years ago, some couple came to me. They said they want to do a wedding dance, mm-hmm. but they don't dance tango at all. Okay. And, and they show me a video and they say, okay, we want to do this for our wedding dance. And it's like, that's the corbata. You know, corbata is when you lift someone to your neck and then... Um, to your shoulder and then she goes behind your neck and then comes back to the front okay uh you, you must have seen it yes um okay <laughs> that looks very dangerous yeah 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 are you sure you want to do that you never danced tango <laughs> at your wedding in two months mm-hmm. um but they didn't i mean they realized that was not possible okay. but i realized i'd better learn that because if someone else asks again mm-hmm. i want to do it you know yeah <laughs> so with that, I start the journey of doing tango acrobatics. So okay. that's sort of the only thing I do in Buenos Aires for myself, actually. I have a, but for that, I have a couple who are um, circus acrobats. Wow. And they know, they know about tango. So what they 
you know, they know exactly how that's supposed to work. And, okay. And with two people, you know, there's no danger because one is the minder for that. Okay. So I've been into that, uh, which got interrupted with the pandemic. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I was basically, uh, I'm, I'm basically going all the heights and, you know, I do the Corbata and stuff. Great. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, I mean, that's not going to apply to social dance and that's not going to apply no. to <laughs> some of the choreographies I do here. But mm -hmm. it improves my body with that goal, you know, um, when the body improves, that improves your overall dancing. Yeah. Because even if you're not lifting someone, you're having to build the core muscles and you're having to build your hamstrings and mm -hmm. uh, improve your squats. Yeah. So that's better for any dancing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and some of my students realize that, like, I have some ladies who want to work on some lifts and some stage tango elements. Mm -hmm. And once they realize how much effort that takes, they, they start working more on their body yeah. to improve it so that they can do those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, in a way, it's all good. You know, it's all we are having fun with the goal of tango. It improves your own life, mm -hmm. um, even if it's, it's improving your body, which is good for anything. You do. Yeah. So Absolutely. anyway, that's that's basically to the extent of it. You know, after a while, it uh, as I said, uh, at some point you need to stay with the training you had and mm. and start using it yeah. instead of hoping that um, another class is gonna improve much. You see what I mean? Yeah. And I I've been doing this twenty five years, so I'm yeah. I think past that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But for someone who is in that situation, if 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 they think like that, as I said, what I would recommend is doing more um, body improving activities, sports, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even yoga or stretching and yeah. things like that. Because, uh, you know, another tango class is not going to make much difference. If, if, if it didn't get better in 10, 15 years, you yeah. know, and that, that's what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, exactly. Just, uh, you know, finding you love tango, but then you're going to pick up other interests. But I think all that supplements tango, like you're yes, totally. in the gym mm -hmm. um, and making yourself stronger. And that's just that's just good. That's definitely good. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Well, Jen, this has been really fun. I'm so glad I got a chance to talk to you. So where do we find out more about you online? Basically, tangosueño.com, but uh, sueño without the tilde, so S-U-E-N-O.com, tango, S-U-E-N-O.com. And the website has all the necessary links. I organize a tango festival once a year, although, again, I had to skip two times. Right. Uh, but that's in July in Connecticut. Um, Excellent. And all, all the activities and uh, classes or details are there at okay. tangosueño.com. Great. Well, I have that website in our show notes so people will be able to look you up and hopefully come out to your festival when it starts up again and hopefully join you in Buenos Aires or in Connecticut. So, Jem, thank you again so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, it was great to be in this podcast and, and great to be part of it. Okay, that was Jem Duras. Thanks to all you listeners for tuning in and a special thanks to Mina Brenneman who emailed me and encouraged me to get in touch with Jem. I love getting emails from listeners. If you ever want to get in touch for any reason, feel free to contact me at joe at healthytango.com. Once again, that's joe at healthytango.com. All right, that does it for this episode. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon. Mm -hmm.